Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. to be here today. I've had an awesome week. I had a daughter get engaged, a daughter have a baby. I've had a great time with the grandkids. I was watching them uh, for five years and under this week, and we had so much fun. But so this may be not be too scripted this week. I did have the chance. Uh, I had a coaching call with Laurie. Thank you so much, Laurie, for this. Um, she told me, you know how I teach you about emotions N-O-W, name, observe, and watch or wait for the emotions in your body. She told me about this lady called Tara Bratch, who created also an acronym, very similar to now, but it's RAIN. And she added this N that is amazing and that I absolutely love. I feel immense gratitude for the knowledge and truth that I have been taught and am being given from God about how to recognize, acknowledge, accept, understand, and allow and heal for my emotions. So this RAIN acronym is a treasure. The R is for recognize, which my acronym is now, and N is name it. So it's the same. And then the A is allow, and that is observe in my acronym, which is O. So she just says, just like I do, get curious about the emotion. Where is it in your body and sit with it? And can you sit with it? And that's in rain. It's the I, which is investigate. So instead of suppressing it, rejecting it, resisting it, reacting to it, um, avoiding it, we are going to try to be with these unpleasant and difficult emotions. And then the N, which I absolutely have never heard in life coaching, but I am adopting for sure is nurture. So she has such an amazing way of explaining nurture, but what I got from it and what I've come to realize through coaching many is that when we nurture our emotions, it's validating them. It's saying, of course I would feel this way. Anyone would have felt this way. Uh, I'm sure if anyone with my body and my mind had this exact circumstance happen, they would feel angry, sad, resentful, um, all the emotions that come. Um, and they're not bad. They're not wrong. They're protective and helpful if we know how to process them. So Tara Bratch teaches that we were taught as young children to not express negative emotion, that we suppress it and it's not socially acceptable, and it's not good to feel bad. And this is the same concept I've taught you from life coach school, school that 50-50 are the emotions that we'll feel, 50% negative, 50% positive. Um, it's part of our condition in this life. But we're habituated that when we have a negative emotion, like say anger, to we don't express it the right way. We don't just sit with it. We don't allow it. We don't process it. And we get this wounded armor over us and we form scabs that 
don't allow for intimacy. And this is very important when we're talking about marriage. So she told this story and I found it on the internet because it was incredible in explaining this process. She said, I found over the years, it's pretty much the same pervasive expression of emotional pain that I encounter in myself and in those I've worked with. It comes out as fear or shame, a feeling of being flawed, unacceptable, not enough. Uh, who I am is not okay. A core teaching of the Buddha is that we suffer because we forget who we really are. We forget the essence, the awareness, and the love that's here inside of us. And we become caught in an identity that's less than who we are. When we are in the trance of unworthiness, we are not aware of how much our body, emotions, and thoughts have locked into a sense of falling short and the fear that we're going to fail. This trance of unworthiness brings us to addictive behaviors as we try to soothe the discomfort of fear and shame. It makes it difficult to be intimate, spontaneous, and real with others. And I would add vulnerable, which is a key component in a great marriage. And then she says, because we have the sense that even if they don't already know, they will find out how flawed we really are. And it makes it hard to take risks because we're afraid we're going to fall short. We can never really relax right in the heart of the trance. There is a need to do something better, be something better to avoid the failure lurking right around the corner. So this is the story that she tells the golden Buddha, remembering our true nature. She said, one of the stories I've always loved took place in Asia. There's a huge statue of the Buddha and it was a plaster and clay statue, not a handsome statue, but people loved it for its staying power. A number of years ago, there was a long, dry crack period, and a crack appeared in the statue. So the monks brought their little pen flashlights to look inside the crack. Just thought they might find out something about the infrastructure. When they shine the light in, what shined out was a flash of gold. And every crack they looked into, they saw that same shining. So they dismantled the plaster and clay, which turned out to be just a covering and found that it was the largest pure solid gold statue of the Buddha in all of Southeast Asia. The monks believed that the statue had been covered with plaster and clay to protect it through difficult years, much in the same way that we put on that suit of armor to protect ourselves from injury and hurt. What's sad is that we forget the gold and we believe we're the covering. The egocentric, defensive, managing, controlling self. We forget who's really here inside. So you might think of yourself and imagine that maybe you've put up some armor for some wounds that have occurred and we need to reconnect with the gold. So how do we do that? She does say it's the same way that I have taught to reconnect, but I love the end, which is nurture. So she says, you recognize, so you might recognize I'm anxious. And I would say, name it to tame it, name the emotion. It's hard to heal when you can't identify what you're feeling. And then the A in RAIN is acknowledge and allow. Just like I say, um, that we have to be able to process instead of pushing away our emotions. You can just say to yourself, it's okay to feel anxious right now. I don't have to try to fix this. I don't need to avoid it. I don't need to uh, try to distract myself from it or reject it. Investigate it, explore with curiosity, which is to observe with non-judgment. 
what's going on. So I have given you a lot of questions like what color is it? What is it doing? Is it moving? Is it not? What would you, where is it in your body? You might want to ask questions. She said like, how am I experiencing this emotion in my body? What is this experience protecting me from or exposing me to? Why, what am I feeling in my body and what thoughts triggered this anxiety? So the part that I love that she shared was to the N in rain, nurture and respond with kindness and self-compassion. Do nothing. This is so liberating. Just accept. It's not awkward. It's not easy. You're venturing outside of your comfort zone because what you want to do is push it away and pretend like it isn't there. But where the growth happens and where the healing takes place is when we sit with it and just nurture it. Be kind to yourself in that moment. I would say what I've said when I'm trying to allow difficult emotions is the savior loves me and he is present with me. He rejoices in taking my burdens from me because he already did. I'm not giving him any extra pain. He already experienced this pain in Gethsemane for me. And I just think it's so good to, with mindful awareness, not do any self-judgment and self-criticism. It's amazing when you start to look at your mind and you start to allow your emotions and also shocking, disturbing, and surprising how mean we are to ourselves. This something is wrong with me is a subtle argument with reality. I should be this. I should be that. I should be that. And many, many moments fighting with reality narrows our view of ourselves and it narrows our view of other people. So re just investigate or become curious, observe what your primitive brain is trying to offer you to protect you. And then try to sit with it, heal from it, give it to the savior. Let him take your burden. When you hear that in the scriptures, how does he make my burdens light? This is it. I have experienced it many times now. And in fact, in my morning routine, when I'm feeling really emotionally solid and I feel like this is a good day, I can handle whatever. I will ask Heavenly Father, what wounds could I heal from? What armor could I take off today? And he will remind me of some things I haven't even thought of in years. And he'll say, how about feel the emotion from this experience? How about just sit with this so that Heavenly or so that Christ can take this from you? He can take this burden from you. I mean, most people think forgiveness is a really good idea until they have to do it, right? Then it can be excruciating. It feels impossible. But those, this is what Tara Bratch said. The heroic people in this world are those who love instead of hate. The brave ones forgive. It takes courage and greatness of heart to forgive. It takes vulnerability. Reflection is hard. And sometimes it's forgiving ourselves. Sometimes it's forgiving others. I've even been given, it's time to repent for this. Like you've forgotten about it, but guess what? You actually have um, something to ask forgiveness from someone. So I did this recently. I was asking in my morning routine, you know, I was asking who, you know, 
what do I need to think about differently, either a situation or a person. And Heavenly Father remind me of when I was just young and I, I was one of three of the youngest of eight and I was two and I, my sister was one and my brother was, you know, 11 months younger than my sister. So the two big sisters, we sometimes picked on the little brother, right? Especially because he's six, four now, he was always bigger than us and always could basically beat us up. He was, he had a little bit of a temper and he would, he was just kind of a crazy little kid. But so we would kind of pick on him sometimes. And Heavenly Father brought that to my awareness and said, you should apologize for that. And I did. And I wrote it to my brother and I texted him and he wrote back and said, I can't remember that. I don't remember that at all. And I asked Heavenly Father, why do I have to like repent of that or whatever? Like ask forgiveness when he doesn't remember it. And guess what I was given? It's given from Heavenly Father. It shows him a level of caring and love that you care about him, that you care about your relationship with him, that even if he has nothing to forgive, he knows you care about him and love him. And that text showed him that, you know, I've been praying about how to get closer to members of my family and he's one of them. And that was a way. So just ask, ask if you don't understand what you're doing, ask Kelly father, why am I doing this? Or why did it go that way? Or, and he can give you understanding and purpose and meaning. So if you've had this narrative that you aren't a good person, or you should be a better person and you feel judgment towards yourself, you have to let go of that narrative first. And it's very difficult, but you can do it. It's the same work that I've I've shared with many of you in prior podcasts, but I listened to my voice memos about who I am, who I want to be, who's heavenly, who heavenly father has told me that I am. And I, sometimes it's a paragraph on my patriarchal blessing, or it's some form of kindness to myself that I re-listen to over and over again, because we get to believe whatever we want, whatever we want. And I choose to believe that what we're teaching the youth in young women's young men's you are beloved son or daughter of God is true for me. Intellectually. I remember saying you are um, a daughter of heavenly father who loves you and you love him. And I intellectually believe that he loves me. I love him, but have you felt it? Have you asked him to tell you how he feels about you? If you want a starter sentence, I would start with your name comma. I love you period. And then you dot, 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 and sit there quietly without any kind of, without, what's the word I'm trying to find? Anything going on around you, like make sure it's quiet and still and just sit for five minutes. Just ask him what he thinks of you. When you're ready, ask him, how can I think about a situation or a person differently than I am in my life? How would you think about them? If this were you and I want my thoughts to be your thoughts, I want my ways to be your ways. How can I think about this person through your eyes? How can I see them through your eyes? How can I see my spouse in the way that you would see my spouse? And he can start giving you information and some of it's going to be repentance and some of it's going to be forgiveness, but it's all healing this armor that you've put up and healing wounds 
so that you can start to shine your gold to everyone. That's what I try to do in coaching is show people their true identity and their divine potential because this armor isn't who we truly are. And it's clay and it's kind of ugly and it's not, it's a false self that we have just all learned to protect ourselves. So really, really, I would suggest either do rain or now with an emotion this week. And it doesn't have to be the hardest experience you've ever had in your life. It could be a moment you feel frustrated or irritated or annoyed, or it can do whatever you feel you want to try. Sit with it. I literally visualize giving it to Christ. I'm like, here you go. When I'm having a really hard time, like trying to maybe get through a traumatic moment, I will imagine him sitting next to me, holding my hand as a friend would. God loves all of us. He's no respecter of persons. I'm not special. You're not special unless all of us are special. And we are, we're all amazing. We're all incredible. He has so much. He is yearning to tell you and share with you, sit down and write. I love you. Put your name, say, I love you. Then ask him what he thinks of you. He can tell you and it will be, remember when he tells you to write it down, because in my moments of like hurt and pain, I can't access his love. And so I read what I already know. And he tells me, or I'm reminded who I am and who he created me to be. And I'm sorry to get emotional, but this is really honestly changed my life. And if you are willing, he can heal you. He can tell you who you really are. And he can share with you the incredibleness of every person in your life. I think I'm going to end now since I'm struggling. And I am super excited to see you next week and to learn more about how we can think, feel, and act more like Christ in our relationships to heal them and become who we're meant to be and help the people in our life be who they're meant to be. As I always say, seek and expect miracles. They happen. Look for every single little thing and remember to record it. We have to record what's happening so that when we need it, we have it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later.